Have you heard this before? It's, it's quite, quite amazing. Ask not what your boss voice can do for you. Yes. All right. Welcome to this episode <laughs> of the Haas Boys. I am Max, your host, coming at you with my friend Mike Yo, in the studio. That's me. He's the one who knows everything. Yeah. And also <laughs> in the fear. studio today. <laughs> We have our buddy Kevin. What's up? You might know him. We say he's our producer. Yeah. And he is. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. In like the loosest sense of the word. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, Mike just knows everything. Now. That is That's why we have a position podcast. On the pod. Yeah. I'm here for it. If oh, you man. you at least have an opinion on everything. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Most people just have an opinion on I know a few white ladies things. like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I definitely fit into the Karen of Formula One mold. People have been saying <laughs> that about boys. you for a while. Hoss <laughs> boys. The Karen's of Formula One. <laughs> Wow, that is a tagline. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> I feel like we could ask each other who is the Karen of Formula One. Some days it's Lewis. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I have, I, no, I have no question in my mind. Yeah. Everyone on the count of three. One, two, three. George Lance. Russell. <laughs> Lance! <laughs> Just kidding. George just say that because I'm done. here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, welcome to the show, All Things Formula One in the USA, where we talk about Formula One and talk about Haas. But to start off our episode today, I have a question for you guys. This came in from a couple listeners. Oh, yeah. Suggesting we give our opinions on this. Oh, Karen's. We give our Karen opinion we on give this. Our, <laughs> our Karen opinion on this. Good. This is on topic. Very topical. Yeah, very, very on. This is a very topical question that okay. we need to, to hit hard before the news goes. <sighs> yeah. um, so, going through the drivers on the grid, which ones would see Barbie first? And which ones would see Oppenheimer first? Oh, we definitely know that Hulkenberg's saw Barbie. <laughs> he did. He Hulk did. Yeah. Ken Berg. Yeah. Um, Hulkenberg's Kennergy right now is yeah. at is is really high. Yeah. It's, all time high. It's peaking. Yeah. yeah. He d- he said he didn't know the movie was coming out. I was like that timing. That's that is incredible timing. Yeah. That's one of those things where it's like no mm-hmm. no Nico no one yeah. believes you. Yeah. And then the fact his Ken is in his name he. Yeah. I mean, good for us. True. It's good branding. It's yeah. good, good PR. Good branding. Good yeah, PR. I'm, I'm for it. So what does that leave for K-Mac? Captain Magnuson. Oppenheimer. That's for Oppenheimer. Sure. He's an Oppenheimer guy yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Lewis is seeing Barbie. Lewis is seeing Barbie. No question. Because of the fashion. The fashion. Yeah. The fashion. Yeah, absolutely. I would also throw Daniel Ricardo as seeing Barbie. Daniel's seeing Barbie as well. Yeah. For the for fashion. Sure. For the smiling. Because he Just also probably, smiles. Because <laughs> smiles. Yeah. Hashtag smiles with Daniel. Uh-huh. Duh. And also because uh, I feel like Margot Robbie probably texts Daniel on the weekends. She's always you know? sliding into his DMs. That's what I'm saying. Because Daniel and Margot are both Australian, huh? Yeah, they are. See what I'm saying? There we go. Which is she from? She's from Sydney or something like that. I think so. Different parts of the country, but you oh, know. Oh yeah, Pith, the Pith boys. Oh, you smell them Pith. Yeah, it's a, it's a different. Yeah. It's like a different mountain. <laughs> That's pretty good, buddy. <laughs> it's a very strange part of the country. At, it's pretty good at the accent yeah. for yeah. sure. It's it's a second home to I'm me. Down there in Whistles. Anyone else has seen Barbie first? Um, um George, I, Lando. Lando and George. Lando I can see and George. That. Yeah. yeah. Um, Charles Leclerc seen Oppenheimer first. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Two years ago, he would have seen Barbie yeah, first. Right yeah. now, these days, he's seeing Oppenheimer first. <laughs> yeah. He wants the more depressing I'm going to say Carlos yeah. is seeing Barbie. I just, 
he gives that energy, mm-hmm. you know? I feel yeah, that. he's a prettier he's a prettier boy than I think he loads on. A lot of yeah. these guys were given Barbie stuff. Alonzo? Yeah. Is what? Oppenheimer or Barbie? He's, I think he's Oppenheimer. No, no, he's a, he's a Barbie man. He's a Barbie man, but he's in the back wearing sunglasses because he doesn't want <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. anyone else to see. I am it. not here. Yeah, I, I am not here. here. Yuki's seeing Barbie. Um, Logan Sargent, Oppenheimer. That's for an sure. Oppenheimer for yeah. sure. He basically directed <laughs> Oppenheimer with a name like Logan Sargent. <laughs> I'm gonna hot take. Valtteri is seeing Barbie. Oh yeah, yeah. That we mullet. can't have everyone see Barbie, you but know, that that Margot mullet. Robbie? That mustache? Yeah, that's seeing Barbie. That's yeah, not seeing Oppenheimer. It's not, a, it's not a bad argument. Joe Perez? Perez. Oppenheimer. Oh, yeah. Oppenheimer. No question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Who else do we got? What's Joe Guan Yu saying? Oppenheimer. Probably neither. Maybe. He's just going to crash into the back of Danny instead. <laughs> that's why I thought Oppenheimer. Just, in a, just a crash into just the back. Just a crash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just because this Charles Alex crash Alvin? this week. Barbie. I mean, Barbie. He, no, he's that's been Barbie. dyeing his hair all year. Yeah, that's Barbie. Yeah, yeah. They're, they, I mean, it's the pre, it's the preppy boy sport. Yeah, that's what I'm learning right now. Yeah, La- uh, Lance is seeing Mission Impossible. He's like, <laughs> but but he's seeing Ghost <laughs> Protocol. The, but the question <laughs> yeah. that it he's came out. Ghost Protocol. The question was still Bob, Barbie and Oppenheimer when he's like, um, the futures. One, Tom Cruise, <laughs> Dad. <laughs> Which Lance, dad, what are, what are you are seeing we... this weekend? Barbie or Oppenheimer? Tom Cruise. <laughs> D- dad, what are we seeing tonight? <laughs> We're watching Princess Bride at home, he told me. <laughs> Fred Savage is in that. <laughs> I think I think more drivers in the past would have seen Oppenheimer. Pierre is seeing Oppenheimer. Mm. You think? I think so. He's a pretty boy. Yeah, but these days. He is, He's turned into a, a little bit serious. of like the depressed. Girl. I don't even I don't get a depressed vibe. From Pierre, I get a determined. Like, is yeah, that a better he, word? He, he does feel determined to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ocon's definitely got a little bit of. Uh, I don't know what would there's Ocon trouble choose? at Alpine. There is. Ocon is seeing Oppenheimer as well. Oppenheimer. Yeah, yeah they aren't seeing it together. No, I don't think they like each other. <laughs> no. Omar we'll is, out, is also at Oppenheimer, and he's doing a line of coke in the back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, he is. Kokenheimer. <laughs> Kokenheimer and rolling the dice. Mark Kokenheimer. <laughs> Piastri is also seeing Oppenheimer. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Toto's seeing Oppenheimer. But, Toto is for but, sure seeing Oppenheimer. Okay. <laughs> Christian wants to see Oppenheimer, but his wife is taking him to Barbie. Absolutely. Yeah. And he is like, whatever you whatever you say, darling. Mm-hmm. Whatever you say. And their West Highland Terrier went with them. If you want to, they be rent my out lover, the whole theater. We have to go see Barbie. <laughs> if you want to be my lover, How we have to go see Barbie Christian's and bring the dog. wife say that to him. Yeah. If you want to be my lover, we're going riding horses this weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's great. Yeah, I that was a co- long segment. <laughs> that was way longer <laughs> than I think anyone we've had longer. Yeah, no, but you know, look, we'll, we had we'll to go put, through twenty drivers. I think we got them all. Yeah, I think, I think we, we got, got them all. Too. Yeah, yeah. So, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, Which one did Nick DeVries see? Um, He's at the Dollar Theater. He saw Indiana Jones 5. It he left saw Indiana he Jones 5. It yeah. left <laughs> before he could see it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so tragic. I actually feel so bad for this guy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like we were talking, before the show we were talking earlier, it's like, yeah, Red Bull is just ruthless. Mm-hmm. And that's how they win. And it makes me think about like my line of work outside of all of this. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. maybe I need to be a little more freaking savage like that. Yeah. You know, cut yeah. throat. These guys make it happen. Yeah, they do. They do. Darth Marco. He holds nothing Darth back. Marco. We had a, we had one of our classic uh, listeners write in um, Don. 
He's written him before. Yeah. He sent me a message and says, Darth Helmet is a good name too. It is. Yeah. And then he referenced Spaceballs. And I was like, that's Oh, yeah, Dark Helmet. He is Dark Helmet. (laughs) Darth Helmet. But I mean, I think that there is so much irony in the fact that Helmet Marco's name is literally Helmet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is the, what is harder than a head? Well, a helmet. Mm Mm-hmm. So he's got a hard head and a helmet. I saw this, guy. <laughs> uh, this d- during this weekend. Uh, his title is like Helmet Marco. And is it something like Red Bull Consultant or Red Bull? Like, is it just like official Red Bull Big Boy? It's like not. I, I thought it would be something like Prince, like president or owner of. Well, I don't know what he is now. Resident all Red Bull was, Racing Big it Boy. It said like consultant or like friend of the show, something like that. <laughs> Helmet Marco Best buddy. is an Austrian, <laughs> former professional racing driver and current advisor advisor to the Red Bull GmbH Formula One team. Yeah, because he have so much power if is, he's an advisor. But are you ready for it? Yeah. Head of Red the Bull's board. driver development program. Uh, so he is essentially the driver boss. And he has a whole bunch of dirt on Christian Horner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He knows that in that that's in the page yeah, that's in his bio page yeah. on, on Red Bull. Head of Red Bull's driver <laughs> development program and has all of Christian Horner's skeletons. And he has a picture. He has that picture, and he's been he's told Christian, "I won't share it with anyone." And it's the picture of Christian just show naked it. with the Russian <laughs> racing the car. Race car. Yeah, yeah. And, and Christian's like, everyone's already seen it, and he's like, "No, no, they haven't." <laughs> And not, he thinks he's, he's holding like, a lot. No, get not rid from of this. this. <laughs> not from this angle. <laughs> so there's more angles. There are That's more what angles. We're learning. Helmet has them. He has them. So Lord Release Helmet. The angles. But yeah, what were you saying, Mike, about the decisions, like when they were doing the testing at Silverstone? That they basically knew ahead of time how they were going to make those decisions, but they yeah. made the decision while Daniel was on track. That's insane. <laughs> so crazy. How many laps in? Like he was by lap eleven. By lap eleven, they had decided they had called Nick, Nick DeVries and let him go yeah. while Daniel was still t- taking laps. Oh my yeah. Gosh. They had Danny just listening on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> you want to hear it? And he was just going yeah. faster and faster. Das ist nicht gut, Nick. Yeah. Daniel, Daniel, you want to listen to the call with, with Nick? Yeah. Oh, sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> I don't know why he's goofy he's, now. He is goofy though. He is goofy though. <laughs> yeah. This episode, we want to talk about our race recap for the Hungarian Grand Prix, the yeah. Hungry GP, as some of us call it. <laughs> as next. some of us have been corrected multiple times this weekend by foreigners <laughs> who think I don't know what I'm talking about. And then we're going to talk about the Belgian Grand Prix Spa. It's finally it's, here. It's finally here. I've been yeah. trying to get it here all it's, year. It's only been four Grand Prix that have been called Spa this year. Is it Spa this week? No. I think every race in Europe is Spa. Yeah. 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 yeah it's pretty much. It's pretty much. It's like it is. when people find out that I'm from Canada, they'll be like, oh, you're from Canada? Yeah. Cool. And then they'll, they'll be like an American beside me. Where are you from? America? Sweet. Which state? Uh, I'm from this one. Yeah. Oh, which city? This one. And mm-hmm. then they like just keep drilling down. <laughs> hey, you're from Canada? Yeah. Cool. Cool. It's cool. like, hey, there's a race in Europe this weekend? Yeah. Cool. Probably cool. spa, right? Probably spa. <laughs> Can't. We're going to edit out that part, too. <laughs> <laughs> just play it out. Just play it out. Most of Kevin's segments just being like, removed. Rant, ranting about, anyway, Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> just so you guys know, we just cut out another rant Canadian by Kevin. Canadians. <laughs> But that's good to know that some Canadians deal with that, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. 
So we can talk about spa. Mike can give us a rundown. I think we've done that before, but it's always worth another shot. Let's refresh. Yeah, refresh. And then we do have some listener questions from new listeners, which is fun. Nice. So let's jump into it. The Hungarian Grand Prix. Here's the thing that's cool about it, though. Mm -hmm. I like this racetrack, guys. Me too. You know who else does? Lewis Hamilton, baby. And I think that that's part of why I like it, is because I feel like this racetrack is a test of driver skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It isn't just car, Yeah, though we saw in the race that it did play a big role in it, mm-hmm. but it is kind of a test of like driver skill, like Monaco. Yeah. This race, as far as I understand, is with every race that's in Europe, the hottest for tire dag. Totally. Am I correct in understanding that? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And- this is also the reason why Max, why Max's car was not optimized for quality yeah. because they were essentially sandbagging his car so he wouldn't be burning through tires so quickly so he would have more tire options for the, the GP, race. right? Yeah. yeah, okay. And I just think that's like entirely fascinating yeah. how they're reading that far in advance and they're thinking, okay, well, we want Max. He's going to kill the race anyway, so we might as well put him in the best situation for that, which then allowed Lewis to come in and this is seems like maybe even his favorite track of the year to just come in and really lay some rubber down. So here's a question. Is this the first race this year that Red Bull didn't have pole? Um, is there another race this year where they didn't get pole? That's a great question. Let's look at quality results really fast. I think Charles has gotten pole this year at least once. There's, yeah, I'm pretty confident in saying that. Let's see. It's just been such a Red Bull dominant year that... When Max didn't get pole position in qualifying, I thought, is this the first time this year? Yeah. It's just been one of those years. So qualifying in Bahrain, Max Verstappen, Saudi Arabia, Sergio Perez, Australia, Max Verstappen, Azerbaijan, Charles Leclerc. Okay, there you go. Ding, ding, ding. So it's been a while since Max hasn't been on pole. Yeah. We were kind of talking today about how Maybe another reason why Max didn't get pole position, and I'm sure Red Bull was doing a lot of strategy work too, but Max, do you think he's getting complacent with his driving line and his... Well, so here's kind of an interesting thing to kind of go along with what Kevin was talking about, but this weekend had something that was a different strategy thing that kind of threw all of the teams into a tailspin, which was called the ATAs, an alternate tire allocation so normally they have 14 tires for every weekend Mm -hmm. between and that's a mix of medium softs and hards and the teams build their strategies around how much of each tire they can use in the practice sessions the qualifying sessions and then it having fresh tires for the race and all of that is built prior to them even getting to the weekend Mm -hmm. right okay they have to think about that super far in advance Mm. but with the ata in place they gave them 11 tires And that was three tires less Mm. than they normally get, three sets. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, qualifying was forced into a new format that they've never done before, Mm -hmm. which was that Q1 would be taking place on the hard compound tire. I noticed this. I was going to ask you. Yeah, keep going. Q2 took place on the medium compound tire. Uh And then Q3 was the soft. It was kind of cool. It's a very different thing. Because the teams are used to being able to like, all right, go out on a set of mediums. Mm -hmm. And then when it's time for like the clock winds down, we'll send you out on softs. Mm -hmm. And then just go like blitz your lap and Mm -hmm. we know you'll get into the next round of qualifying. Mm -hmm. And it's like a guarantee, especially for the top teams that know exactly what their car is going to do on a soft compound. Right. Mm -hmm. But not being able to choose. Yeah. Meant that Red Bull was put into a situation where it's like, 
you got to go out and set a quality lap mm-hmm. on a hard. That's something they're super not used to. Wow. And then once again, moving into Q2, now you got to go out and do it on a medium. FIA is just doing anything to make it difficult yeah, for Red Bull. Seriously. Yeah. Right. And so, but what was beautiful about this as well is that usually they get these three opportunities to see what the car can do right. on a soft. Mm-hmm. Before they ever even get into Q3, they're like, we just set a lap with this much fuel in Q1. This is what it looks like. Okay, we know that if we dial in this, 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 by the time we get to Q3, we'll be so much faster than Mercedes, whatever, X, Y, Z. But because they didn't even get those testing opportunities. Yeah, the data's not there. Then they just go out on a soft and they're like, mm, fingers crossed. Yeah. Do your best, Max. Uh-huh. Lewis got pull. Yeah. yeah. Max finished or got second. And mm-hmm. then Lando Norris was within what? Like it was like eight hundredths of a second between all three of them wow. yeah Wild it was stuff. so close it was super close it seems like a fun format to do qualifying definitely yeah I, I was telling this to mike earlier i feel like i mean i can't believe i'm saying this <gasps> but i am like actively rooting for lewis right now mm. it's, it's happening because it's happening I, for most people <laughs> yeah i just i really i don't think there's any driver good enough right now that can take the fight to max like I think Fernando in a front running car. Uh, I think I agree. Other with than you. maybe, f- uh, I think that Fernando like also could, that could do, do it. it. But Ferrari has clearly shown that they cannot do it. Like Carlos and Charles can't do it. It's gonna take a minute for them to even be on pace. To it's do not it. even just the car. I feel like yeah, like those two just. I don't think that they can get it done that way. I think it's a little bit of strategy too. A little yeah. bit of their 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 flubs and things that they were dealing with last year are unfortunately lingering. Right. Despite lots of shakeups, they're still mm. dealing with a lot of Ferrari problems. And this and this is a hot take, but yeah, I think that Lewis. I'll also say Fernando. I don't think that there are any drivers other than them right now that could actually take the fight to Max. Like, look at look at Perez, right? Yeah. In the same car. I know right. that you know we could talk about like whether it's actually the same car or not. Right. But. <laughs> Without going down that rabbit hole, it's just clearly there's like driver prowess that is a huge part of this. Right. So I would love to see Merck just get a little bit better and be able to actually take this fight. And maybe after the break, that'll happen. Yeah. Well, and I think maybe even just to play off of that, I think that where maybe some of that opinion comes from is that like, you know, again, the 2021 season is still fresh in our minds. Right. Something that we've seen is the last time that someone really was competitive with Max. Was Lewis. Was Lewis. And we know what they do when they mm. compete with each other, and it's fireworks. Yeah. So I think a big part of us just wants to see some fireworks. I mean, but, but before that, the person that was competitive with Max in the same machinery was Daniel. Was Daniel, right. And he was just as good or better. Right. And it was explosive. They both crashed into each other. Yeah, there was a lot of not I would say the, like, yielding. There are, like, I think Daniel in the same machinery could be very competitive against Max. I would want to say Holkenberg could. Yeah. Right. I think there are a few besides Alonzo. I'm not going to disagree with that, but the only reason I can't like give my endorsement of that opinion right now is that for me, the jury's still out a little bit on Danny mm-hmm. just to see if he's actually there because one race and he had like a solid result given what happened in the actual race and stuff. Right. But I also feel like Hulkenberg. I mean, if he can break the curse, he has my endorsement, but, <laughs> yeah, but, sure. but until he does that, yeah, yeah there's a little bit of He's bad been, juju there for me. I to, mean, that's something we need to talk about. I think we'll get to it, though, in our listener question, though. Well, he got 10th in quality. Yeah. He's yeah. doing good in that Haas. Yeah, I mean, he still is performing. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. going to say it's mostly due to the hair. But <laughs> it's that can it's that Kennergy. It's that Kennergy, baby. But do we want to uh, talk a bit about Ricardo? 
Um, because well, let's do this. Yeah, I feel like we should let's talk about the race. Let's talk about the race and let's get it started because well, we kind of talked about qualifying briefly. Yeah. So maybe we talk about qualifying for just a second, or, or are we, are we done it? talking about qualifying? Look, I think that one of the things that was such a standout from this weekend mm-hmm. was Lewis Hamilton's performance in qualifying. Yeah. To agree with you, Kevin, one of the things that is definitely clear about that is that once we did see the car in the race, it clearly was not there. No, which meant that Lewis really pushed the Merck past yeah. where it could mm-hmm. to be able to set a lap that was anywhere near the McLaren or Red Bull. Yeah. And you could hear it in his interviews. He doesn't gloat very often. Lewis is very congratulatory to his team, mm-hmm. to Toto, the oh, men and women back at the factory. Like we've heard it a yeah. million times. Yep. And this was one of the few times where he's like, I sent it so hard. I like literally I, I did guess not I didn't think the car hear could the radio. I didn't hear him afterwards. The interviews afterwards is literally his words. He's like, I sent it so hard. I had no <laughs> idea the car could do it, but it managed to hang on. Cool. And the lap came together. Interesting. That was a, a cool moment to see Lewis to return to some of his prior form yeah. and just get a little bit of that, like, still here, guys. This is a little bit brutal lately, but yes, I'm still here. Yeah. And I got a pull position. Moving into Sunday. Yeah. Because I feel like that was pretty much the highlight. Yes, Nico got P10, and which is killer for him getting into Q3. Other call, call so yeah, so freaking consistently this Daniel year. Daniel Ricciardo got into Q2. He did. Yeah, which was we're so, all watching him now because well now can he beat Sonoda every race, right? Yeah. And everyone is de- he's yeah. definitely that is the hot topic, right? Yeah, for him for sure. And so he'll be a figure to watch in that exact way yeah. for the remainder of the year. Mm-hmm. But, but moving into the race day, but moving into the race. I mean, again, we're seeing Mercedes car is just not there. Yeah. I mean, that first corner right off the gate, Lewis fell back so quick. Fourth. Yeah. Like by turn two, he was behind everyone. Interestingly enough, one of the things that- Classic (laughs) Lewis. Behind just everyone. So opposite of actually what (laughs) has been historically true, but (laughs) I think that something that has been historically very accurate is that Max has been very- poor at launching this year really actually yeah that is true part of the reason why lando had led into turn one at silverstone Mm. is because the red bull had such poor launch Mm. their reaction time was like a thousandth different between lando and max really but because max's grip level was so low compared to lando lando just launched and Mm. took off so i think a lot of anticipation was that lewis was actually going to have a great shot Mm. and unfortunately yeah he dropped the car by fortunately the car is just not there fortunately he just choked (laughs) (laughs) in comparison to george he is it was impressive yeah p18 for george yeah i mean to say something between the two qualifying efforts that's probably the biggest margin of any any team any opportunity i can take to just throw shade at george george was crushing it this weekend for what he can do right (laughs) right Right, <laughs> he did. He did start the race in eighteen. He, he tried in like ninth so or something. Hard, he, bless his heart. His parents were so happy for him. George finished. His P6. girlfriend P6. was probably so stoked because he has one, by the way. And she's totally real. She just goes to she another goes to school. Another school. Yeah. She goes to another Formula League for the races. Oh my god! She's she's been working super hard on a Formula E team, and since they you don't have like the same weekend, you wouldn't have crossed paths. You, you wouldn't, wouldn't. You wouldn't know wouldn't her. Have seen her. But kind of like moving over to the race. You know who did impress me this weekend? Who is Sergio? Yeah, that actually was in. A, yeah. He got driver of the day, didn't he? He did. Yeah, that was a very impressive drive. 
Did you guys love that? Sorry, cut you Sorry. off. Sorry. But like going into the week, we're all like, we're all watching Perez. Oh, man. Because it's like, if he makes one mistake, one yeah. mistake. Daniel's in that seat. And then free practice, first lap, he puts it right into a wall. I just, <laughs> I was like, things are not going good for Perez. I want to, I want to make but it then known. in the race. Yeah. I was just going to say, I want to make it known that Max does not text me before 10 a.m. ever. <laughs> Never, and I'm I like awake. I woke up to a text message from Max with a picture <laughs> of Perez in the wall. That's how excited he was <laughs> about was like, what FP FP one was yielding this weekend. So I thought that was going to be the week for Perez, but no, no. Yeah, I mean decent bounce he, back for yeah, sure. Like qualifying P nine and then ended up on the podium. Mm-hmm. And he actually, if I remember correctly, he got pushed back pretty far in the race. Beat back beyond nine and yeah to come back that was like it was a really impressive drive no he definitely needed it Mm -hmm. he did he definitely needed to deliver this weekend i don't think it's proven anything getting p9 in the first place is like still indicative of the problem right i think that red bull is looking at however he was able to like make some kind of a comeback but if you're christian you look at the car that's Mm -hmm. there and you're like there's no reason why we shouldn't be one and two every single weekend yeah and that would be the filter that I would be running it through. Um, right, for sure. Following that, I think the biggest disappointment from this weekend, well, actually probably two things, but the biggest disappointment of the two is uh, I'm just going to throw some shade at McLaren. Mm. I'm going to throw a little bit of shade at McLaren because why they undercut Piastri oh. with Norris. Yeah, I saw that. That was actually... And it was so blatant to me that they were favoring Lando yeah. over Piastri that it was I, I was that spitting. should surprise us no but I was so it's mad like, because Piastri earned it I will say this though Lando pulling off that undercut because like he was coming out and Piastri was was coming out of the pits right right and he was out on you know he's out his one lap one in, lap yeah and he came into that corner screaming cooking it was, yeah and I was yeah. like that was actually impressive. For sure. Yeah, but I'm I'm gonna let you finish. Yeah. But and I do not like wrong. Lando. So <laughs> <laughs> So but here's the thing. That's the, the power of the undercut for a driver is knowing and it maybe I need to describe what an yeah, undercut is. Yeah, I was gonna is. say what is an undercut and how do you do it against your own teammate? So basically and how do I do it this week? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. How, how does every team do it every week? But basically you anticipate when the strategy is going to shake out, right? When are people going to pit? And if you're the first person on fresh tires, your outlap with a brand new set of tires is going to be seconds faster than anyone on track. Mm. Because at that point, they all are on worn garbage trash. Right. And they're slipping and sliding and going all over the place. And you have one lap to set qualifying pace Mm. and not burn your tires completely out. But in that one lap, you can make insane gains on whoever is still out on track on old tires. Mm-hmm. And so if you can predict that the competitor ahead of you is going to pit the next lap, you pit now. Mm-hmm. And then you get that opportunity to overtake right. them because you have one lap magic because they're in the pit trying to get it changed and you can do it a second faster than they and can. And even if they're coming out in front of you, you got warmer tires. Right. You're yeah. up to speed. You've got a mm. lot of advantage. Yeah. So when it's within the same team, mm-hmm. this is where it becomes shady. Mm. Then instead of going, all right, Piastri, to keep you from getting undercut by Lando or anyone behind right. you, mm-hmm. we're going to pit you now. Lando will protect the position, then come in for tires, and then you guys can fight it out mm. once you're on the same strategy. But pitting Lando first... Mm meant that they just undercut Piastri. Gotcha, yeah. There was pretty much no other way of shaking that out. So 
I can't imagine that Mark Weber or Piastri was very quiet after this weekend. Both of them probably walked up to Zach Brown and said, what the hell was that? And Zach Brown's like, remember what we did to the last Aussie? Yeah. You shut up. You <laughs> shut your mouth. Remember how he was the only one who won a race for us and yeah. we still did yeah. this to him? And <laughs> you remember how we didn't feed Daniel? <laughs> remember how I ate all of his does meals? All <laughs> does Oddball Postrius want to get any food this weekend? Yeah, look, wanna, at me. look at me! <laughs> I will eat everything that's on the menu for Oswald. <laughs> Tell Pato Award I'm going to eat it all. So poor, that's that's poor, where I'm at. Poor Piastris. Yeah, Piastris kind of got the hosed situation but, this weekend. But that's you know, McLaren. Ended up P5. P5 is still a great result yeah, for a rookie. He's doing good for a rookie. Yeah. That's two races in a row. He's that McLaren car has improved a lot. It really yeah. has. And we thought the the Hungarian track might not suit them. Mm. And actually, yeah, I, I did hear that as well. They kind of proved that to be wrong. Right. The other thing is that Ferrari is still just not showing up, and we kind of talked about that, so we don't even need to really dive into we don't. it. I think uh, what I would like to talk about is Ricardo. Yeah. I mean, he was the focus, the whole focus of the whole weekend for a lot of people. Totally. And he got a janky head, like, start to the race because Joe Guan Yu hit him from behind. Right. And, and then just the double just, Alpine yeah. DNF. Oh, Joe my Guan gosh. Joe hit three people and just kept on driving. Oh, it didn't affect Joey his go race at all. At all. Uh, Joey, Joey go. Joey go. Joey go. <laughs> Look at Joey go. Look at Joey <laughs> on YouTube. It's a hit YouTube channel. Last year, Joey really go. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Silverstone. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, the race started, and I saw those three cars go off the track, Danny and the two Alpine, and it took forever to get back to a replay. Totally. I was, I was like, like, usually after like a couple corners, they yeah they I show have what some kind of instance as to no, who ran into what. It's just Alpine. We don't care. Yeah, and that's probably what it was. <laughs> but at this moment, I'm really invested in who's gonna do better, Sonoda or Ricardo. Right, and yeah. Daniel dropped and for him to like to last. And they were thinking the announcers like, oh, Ricardo crashed into the two Alpines, and I was like, oh, Dan, like, oh yeah. no, Danny, no. <laughs> yeah. And then they replayed it, and Joe just smashes into the back of Daniel, and you were like, yes, pushes him into it the wasn't Alpine. Him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. I thought Danny was going to be out and it was pretty cool to see him finish and you know Get it, it was p13 which is exactly what he qualified at yeah. right and for being in an alpha that's, that's great. a great result totally how marco said that he was happy with it yeah well actually i have a direct quote for you guys when asked about the result from the race mm-hmm. helmet marco's response was it was a very confident mature performance he lost three or four places right at the start due to the collision with joe but 13th place is okay I'm just going to say, that is the highest praise I've ever heard Helmet Marco give anyone, and he has, ever. And he has kids. <laughs> yeah, his kids don't even hear that from One them. of his kid is an open-heart surgeon. <laughs> yeah, and he shed a tear reading this about Daniel. One of his kid. So that's good. That's good. Yeah. Good stuff. So um, it was a great, great yeah, result yeah. for Daniel. The Hungarian Grand Prix was blowing my mind at how many pit stops were happening. Right. It's a long race. Yeah. It is a long 70 race. 70 plus-ish laps. Right. And there's lots of degradation, as uh, Kevin had mentioned. Yep. Yeah. Tough result for K-Mag. You know, he finished last. We'll get into K-Mag. Our listener asks about K-Mag. Okay. I think that's a good thing to talk about for the listener question. Yeah. So maybe we'll save the Haas results yeah. for that. But again, just even just as a quickly gloss over something, Asa Martin, a double points finish from them, but ninth and 10th. Mm. Yeah. The reason that I think that this has become so exciting Mm -hmm. is that when you, again, when we're talking about qualifying and the result from P1 to P10 
is separated by half a second from 10th to 1st. Jeez. Oh, and it's 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 less than that. That but is wild. It's so unbelievably tight that that's all these teams have to find to become the next McLaren. And and your car might be just as good as a McLaren, but if your driver just can't hit the right apex at the right little right. F- fraction of a second. He's like, doing that's his best. <laughs> Lance, that yeah. is. Yeah. It's, just, it's wild. Well, and so here's an interesting part of that, right? So one of the things that's being talked about with Aston Martin is that they did kind of suddenly see a drop in performance. Yeah. So what would cause that? Well, Pirelli has introduced a different tire compound that has a different structure mid-season, that, something that they were testing last year. Okay. Aston Martin suddenly is performing moderately slower hmm. than they were. And they've said the tire construction of the new Pirelli is affecting their performance. Wow. And when that's been brought up, everybody says, ah, but it's marginal. It's marginal. Mm. Okay, but it's yeah. freaking marginal to be P10 to P1. <laughs> yeah. Those margins matter. And it's only a hundredth of a second. That's what we need. Yeah, the hundredth is going to put you P3. Lauren Stroll is pissed. Yeah, oh exactly. Gosh. So- Anyways, all that to say that, like, again, when people look at this sport right now and they go, oh, it's so boring, Max is dominant, I, I, like, I can't hear that because it's just not. Mm. Do you know if Aston Martin has an upgrade package coming out over I don't, the break? I don't know uh, what their plan is, but They're I do better. know that... <laughs> it's like they better. I loved watching yeah. Alonso on the podium. Yeah. I want him to get back up. There. It wouldn't surprise me if they did quite soon. And I want to see how Piastris Award does when Alonso's fighting against him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When you have the actual the dog in the fight yeah. there, I think it is going to be a different ball game. Yeah. yeah. Well, shifting gears this week. We have an upcoming race, the Spa Grand Prix. Is that what it's called? Uh, what's the, what does Spa stand for? Super Performance Automotive. It, you're overthinking it. It's Spa Guardian. It's just Spa because it's like all the drivers for like all weekend, they just like have the the cucumbers on their eyes and they're getting like the facials <laughs> and uh, like manicure, pedicure. Spa weekend, baby. It's just a spa weekend. It's a spa weekend for the drivers. Yeah. How cute. They all get together <laughs> and they all, you know, like wrap their heads in like a Everyone towel. thought that the dinner last week, last year was like a really big deal. Yeah. No. no. They don't know what spa's like. Well, the spa weekend is like, It's you like know, that dinner times 10. It's elite. It's elite. Do you think, um, here's a thought I've been having recently. Yeah. It doesn't really kind of tie in. But then why, why not ask talking it? About it? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've been, I have noticed that now with every team having a social media account, you have fun little games that you have to do and the drivers will be like, oh, we're playing Jenga with each other or we're driving on these fun bikes and we're both the drivers and, and we're, we're on some a fun- date. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like they're dating or whatever. And it's a dating show. <laughs> do you, but like back in the day, 70s, 80s, 90s, you had drivers on a team who hated each other's guts. Who did not talk. And... That is so different now. Could you imagine Senna and Prost like doing like monster trucks for Red Bull? I can't at all. <laughs> and I imagine that the, some of that animosity still has to exist. But oh, then yeah. Do they have to like play but, these weird brain games with each other or pretend to like each other? Put on a face. There was a clip yeah. this weekend of Danny and Max like talking at like an event mm-hmm. and like they were like looking at each other and you could tell that it was like, I'm coming for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm coming for that seat next to you. Yeah. Actually, if just as a random side, John, to that, did you know that Max said that 
he would love to have Daniel back in the scene. No way. Yeah. That is one of those comments oh where it's gosh. like, if you're Sergio, no wonder you crash an FP1. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Driver number oh one just, just basically said, I'm a walking yeah. billboard for yeah. having Daniel back. <laughs> anyway, I was thinking, I was like, I wonder how, how Max that has like, made this Max is like, I would love different. a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It's wild. It is. Yeah, I wonder how that would make this sport different if they didn't have to do social media stuff. Like, hatred and animosity would explode. Well, that would be Alonzo and Hamilton at McLaren, It'd right? Be great, and, and and Nico and <laughs> Honestly, Lewis. Honestly, I want the drama. No, Nico and I Lewis. I don't care about them playing Pictionary with each other. Right, right. <laughs> I want awkward cool down rooms. I want like flipping birds on the track. But you understand that also that like okay, and we'll say this: those grill the grid competitions that they do on YouTube. Yeah, who's the person who sits out? Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. He's Why be- does Lewis sit out? Well, he's better than everyone else. Period. Period. Uh, everything. <laughs> He's like, oh, I would already win that. I don't need to do it. Yeah. <laughs> we were off topic. Uh, basically, Lewis, uh, once yeah, Sebastian named all of the champions mm-hmm. in one 30-second sitting, yeah. he was like, I'm not doing this ever again. Yeah. Don't ask me. No, but Lewis doesn't show up. And my point being that he's kind of the guy who's like the last of the old guard. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm like, Fernando is too personable and too funny mm-hmm. that like they're not going to get him to not do it because he's just too funny. He's mm-hmm. quick witted and he always has good things to say. Yeah. But Lewis is sort of that old Senna Prost style. Yeah, he is. And you don't see Mercedes doing this. Uh, we need a new Lewis when he leaves. We need a new Kimi Raikkonen. We do. <laughs> oh, mad Kimi. That, uh, Kimi in that old. Dude, that, I think it's Yuki. You think Yuki? Yeah. It kind of is. Mm. Yeah. Yuki just wants to be a chef. I don't even think he's thinking about <laughs> it. I don't think he's thinking he about wants- What's your dream job, everybody? To be a driver champion. <laughs> Yuki, I like to cook. <laughs> I want to have a restaurant. You can do that now, Yuki. No, but just really fast. Last thing. Yes. The best part of that exact grill the grid with mm-hmm. all the champions is when Kimmy's running through them mm-hmm. and he names off the years and then he goes, and then I don't know. I've done that, I've done that. And yeah. And they're like, well, if you get one wrong or something, yeah, then you're then out. You're and he's like, he's like, Oh, uh, like, what does he say? He's like, Lance Inst- stroll. Oh, instantly he's out. And he's yeah, like, and he's I like, gotta oh, get out of here. I'm sorry. I got it wrong. <laughs> and then he just got it wrong. I guess I have to leave. Man, I miss Kimmy. He's, yeah, he's, we miss him. Yeah. Okay. Spa Grand Prix. I sidetracked us a lot. It's just spa. Mm. What more do you say? What was spa Francochamp? Belgium. Spa Francochamp. In Belgium. In Belgium. Where you go through Eroche, which is the uphill Eroche is the classic What's the aqua turn. one? There's another turn. There's a nice... There, and then you go into Radion, which yeah. is the... Go, you go into the straightaway, straightaway from Radion. Eroche, what is it called? Eroche. Eroche yeah. is yeah. the raddest looking corner in all of Formula 1. I want to say that it's like, is one of them called like Aquadigiac or something? It's Aquadigio and it Aqu- smells yeah, Aquadigio. wonderful. It, it smells wonderful. When you drive through it, you get spritz. <laughs> so yeah, Eroge and Radion are the ones that kind of go up the hill and into. Uh-huh. It's a gorgeous sweeping turn. It, it really shows the speed of the cars. I think if you if you are new to Formula One and you want to either see something that shows how fast these cars are or show your friends who are like, yeah. are they really fast? find video of that corner yeah and you just see them fly and sometimes they compare them to like other car motorsport like porsche like going through that same corner yeah and the formula one cars make everything else look like snails totally they're so fast is there like much of an elevation change on this it's a pretty steep elevation change but the corner at the bottom of the hill there's a slight bump Mm -hmm. even though they repaved the circuit and done a lot of things 
Bad Bump is still there. Yes. And so it takes it takes a lot of guts to be flat out driving through this corner because it does go a slight right, left, right, heavy mm. right, left, right. It's a oof, that was confusing. Slight right, rough light. So, anyways, you go up the hill <laughs> onto Radion and then through into Kenmel Strait. Then you hit into Lacombe's, which is uh, a chicane. Okay. And then you come down through uh, Bruxels, which I'm not pronouncing that correctly at all. Nothing yet. And then Pohoon, which is a huge... uh, The whole poon? A (laughs) left-hander that comes down into campus and then to Stavlat. Nothing yet, Kevin? We're getting there. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's La Source is what it is. Is that the one you're thinking of? No, I'm thinking of a different track, I guess. But, yeah. yeah. Dang it. There's Paul Frere. Is there a Drakkar Noir turn or something <laughs> like that? <laughs> Blanche Mott and the Chicane. Mont they, Blanc. They, they the Mont Blanc. Even, they uh, think of the yeah, the first turn final is Armani Code. Yeah. <laughs> Armani Code. <laughs> Kevin carries a Louis Vuitton bag, so we oh, like everything. Yeah, throw all the shade, please. <laughs> I deserve it. Everything that he's like, he's like, so you go into Louis Vuitton and then you turn right at Gucci. <laughs> And then you make a sharp left hand. Oh, that's the Emilio Romagna. <laughs> Dolce Gabbana. Yeah. So um, true. But uh, what's cool about Spa? What's cool has happened at Spa? That's a fun well, question, too. The, well, Spa has been known as one of the more dangerous circuits. Yeah. In Formula 2, Antoine Hubert, which was roommates with Pierre Gasly, right. mm-hmm. was killed in F2. That's too bad. At Spa. That was, yeah, at Spa. And this was in 2019, I want to yeah. say. Yeah, that was... That was the same year, the year that, he won Monza. Yeah, Pierre won Monza. And then just this year, a Formula Renault driver passed away in Dang. Spa uh, during a super rainy, wet race. Mm. One of the reasons this track is dangerous is because of the weather. It tends very to be volatile. a wet race because mm-hmm. it is just a very rainy area in Europe. Belgium mm-hmm. does get a lot of rain. Yeah. Outside of the danger, again, it's very green. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. This is part of, because it does get a lot of rain, it is mm-hmm. a very beautiful circuit. There's tons how, of big, beautiful trees. How old is this track? This track has been on the calendar for a very long time. So it's probably One of like, the OGs. I want to yeah. say, if I am accurate in my assumptions, that it could be similar to these older tracks that have more narrow. It definitely has more passing opportunities and in, in width than mm-hmm. a lot of the older circuits. Okay. Is Spa the race where it's the it's the amazing Kimi Raikkonen clip where he just full sends it into that cloud yes, of smoke? Yes, that's at Spa. That is at Spa. It's my favorite clip ever. Yeah, it's so it, good, it's amazing. If you if you don't know who Kimi Raikkonen is as a new listener, you want to know how dope and ice cold this man is. Just look up uh, clips of him, and one clip is when there's probably a wreck at a corner because there's just smoke engulfing the whole track. Yeah, all the other drivers are slowing down into the smoke, being cautious. Just he doesn't let up on the it. throttle, just Amazing. full sends blindly into this corner and just comes out of this cloud of smoke on the other side untouched, dude. He is the man. The Belgian Grand Prix has been intermittently held since 1925. Holy so cow, real. One of the OGs. Formula yeah, One being Formula One. Gotcha. And so it joined what a cool track. the calendar early. Um, it then took an intermittent break from 1970 to 1983 for some revamping and reshaping mm-hmm. and things. But Spa's one of those racetracks where it was like the Nürburgring. Yeah. Where it was huge. So the oh. track is the track is still huge. Okay. The current size of the track is four and a half miles. Oh, geez. With 20 turns. That's a big, big and, old track. But back in the day, it was nine miles 
Yes. <laughs> so that it was twice wild. the size. Yeah. My goodness. Back in the day, it was kind of that Nurburgring yeah. green hell, mm-hmm. real gnarly monster. Yeah. Uh, these days, it's a little bit more Magical. the circuit track that we have kind of come to mm-hmm. know and love, right? Cool. So it has rich heritage, old school circuit. Spa's always fun to watch. Like, yeah. I love a track with elevation change. That's yep. like one of my favorite qualities. Definitely. In a track. Austria's got that. Coda has that a, yeah. a little bit. The Hungarian. Yeah, the Hungaro Hungaro ring has, has that too. Yep. Yeah, so I'm I'm stoked on that. Cool. I, yeah. I, think, it's, I think it's gonna be a great race. When we go back to Romain Grosjean yeah. at Lotus okay. and Lewis Hamilton and McLaren mm-hmm. and Fernando Alonso at Ferrari. Okay. Wow. Fernando you Alonso. You just mentioned three of the greatest drivers ever. Ever. Roman Grosjean <laughs> and Lewis and Alonso. And this is this is when Roman Grosjean got a bad name for himself. Oh, no. So in 2012, Roman Grosjean heading into La Source, which is that first hairpin, mm-hmm. dive bombed everybody. Oh my gosh! On the inside, <laughs> and ran over Lewis Hamilton. No, like went over him, and no. then it karate chopped him across. <laughs> Fernando Jeez. Alonso's car. Oh my God! This is before the halo, yeah. yeah. Which meant that this was near death for Lewis Hamilton, Fernando Alonso, and Roman Grosjean. Okay, one sec. I'm going to Gene. I think I found our driver. <laughs> yes, hundred <laughs> percent. And Lewis got out of his car. This is a really iconic shot. But he's he looks at Roman. He's still wearing his helmet, and he's smashing the side of his helmet. Like think. Like, use your head. Yeah. Like, you almost killed all of us. <laughs> and so... If you don't go for a gap... <laughs> you're no longer a racing driver. And sometimes you have to make the gap. Yeah, sometimes you're Ricky Stenhouse Jr. <laughs> and you make the gap happen. Jeez. That should have been the title of his book. Yeah. Make the gap. <laughs> make the gap. <laughs> so I'm in a gap in a wall. <laughs> just, just make him anywhere. It doesn't really matter. Yes. Just, just make the gaps, people. Force him. It happens. Yeah. So anyways, that is an iconic memory from Belgium. There are some Way really cool. good races, but also that one was a, a really big, really big comment. Way on. cool. Well, I'm stoked for the race this week. Me too. Kevin, it's been great having you on Thanks the episode today. Thanks for having me on, today. guys. Yeah. yeah. Feel free to come back anytime. Absolutely. Thanks, okay. guys. We'll see you soon. Yeah, we're coming back. Coming back for some listening questions. Got some questions written in. Everybody wants to be a hot boy's friend. Ferrari ain't got nothing to stand on. Bonotto's the wrong man. Get your man wrong. Tutor coming in at you live. Gonna give K Mag a high five. My boy Hulkenberg. Everybody loves him. That's the word. Gonna get in qualifying. Gonna get P1. Gonna get up on that podium. Break the curse. Break the word. Everybody knows it. That's my verse. It's a pretty good freestyle. Please say you recorded that. I did. Good. <laughs> That's a pretty funny one. What's we, that? What's that song? We need more freestyles. Yeah. What was that? It's. I think it might. Is it a five? Five dog or Q? It's one of them. But there's a a vibrant thing. That's uh, what the that, yeah. Such a vibrant thing. That was what the beat Bob in my head thing, was. When it started. Yeah. I was like, fresher than Ben Jerry. That song rules. It's it got is. such a good beat. Yeah. What is that? The Renaissance off the Renaissance? Yeah. That's a good album. Crispy. Really good. Ah, man. So anyways, now that we're back. Now that we're back. Now that Kevin's gone and we can talk about hip hop again. Talk about hip hop. Yeah. Freaking Canadians. What would he don't talk about? Freaking Drake. <laughs> talk about, <laughs> <talk> about Toronto <laughs> crap. 
<laughs> Some Montreal nonsense. Yeah. Or yeah. Quebec. Where, where, where is he from? Is this, who are the best rappers out of Canada? Drake? Drake? Michael Bublé? Yeah, exactly. He's not even a rapper. Yeah, he's not even. Kevin, why would you say that Michael Bublé is a rapper? Why would you suggest that? <laughs> Idiot. We got so many rappers that can compete with Drake. Just do it. Can you just name just one name rapper? One, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. Well, we got some listener questions. Mm. Starting off, actually, we've had multiple people write in. Thank you guys so much for writing in. We're so stoked when it becomes a we game of slim, like when we have a lot of pickings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not slim pickings. And not slim pickings. We love having uh, too many to choose from. But we did have a lot of people write in about one topic, and that is, what is the deal with Parker? We have forgotten to check in on him with Russia. Well, so next week, we'll try to get a hold of him and see how his journalistic expedition is going into the You guys have to Russian know, this isn't world. easy, okay? Yeah. It's not easy to get a hold of somebody really who's in not. Russia. Yeah, last we heard, he was jumping onto a plane. So we'll try and track him down. We'll see if we can get him. Yeah. Not on the tarmac this time. Not on the tarmac. We can actually get some good info. Yeah, let's see if we can get... See what he has learned from his investigative work totally. overseas. Yes. So, our email this week comes from Blake. What's up, Blake? Blake Chamley. Nice. Chalamet. Chalamet. Yeah. I'm sorry, Blake. Chalamet. Blake Chamley, I'm going to say. Okay. And we're stoked you wrote in, Blake. Thank you so much. He says, what's up, Haas boys? Yo. He says, one of my friends got me to F1 this season, and while he is soft and adopted Mercedes (laughs) as his team, I have adopted America's team trademark as my team in Gunter Trust. So great. So great. Nice. He goes on to thank us for being so great with the podcast and providing people with information and jokes and histories. (laughs) And we hope if this is your first episode, go back and listen to old ones because we do like to provide you with information to get you new into the sport and up to date. Totes. But he says, love but letter thank aside. You. Yes. Thank you, Blake. Thank for you, listening. Blake. Love letter aside, I have a question for you. The rumblings seem to indicate that K-Mag won't be back next year. If he doesn't return, who do you think ends up replacing him? Perez could be out of a seat, and if he keeps crumbling like a nature valley bar. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Could he end up in the red, white, and black? Probably a long shot, but you never know. Anyways, thanks for being the best. All the best, Blake. You're the best, Blake. Thank you so much, Blake, for writing in and listening. We very much appreciate it. And we and we appreciate the question. I think, yeah, let's talk a bit about K-Mag. He hasn't been performing as well as his counterpart, Nico Holkenberg. But to address his question, does K-Mag have a seat? What are the rumors? And if K-Mag doesn't come to Haas, if his performance isn't good enough to be on the team, then what kind of options do we have? Right. I mean, from what I understand, I know that the current... Outlook as of June 16th yeah. was that Gunter Steiner has said that he is pretty happy with the pairing thus far okay. and that Kevin is expected to retain his seat as well as Nico for next year, Okay, which is great news because I know that we do like both of these guys oh, yeah. an awful Lo- lot. Love both of them. Um, and we know that Kevin just had another kid. Yeah. Um, we won't mention that it's exactly nine months to the day from his pole position in Brazil and that there's no coincidence between the two of the yes, coincidence. It's just a coincidence. A weird that, coincidence. That, you know, you, you get a, you get a big result. And, and if then you, you want to know why it's a coincidence, <laughs> email us and we'll explain how that works. <laughs> you see when a man and a woman, when a driver love really loves a car, <laughs> when a driver has real great and he wants success, to prove to the car that he loves it. Great success. <laughs> Uh, so anyways, we love K-Mag. 
we know that K Mag can deliver, and we've definitely seen that Nico can deliver. Mm-hmm. Now we'll go into a theoretical space. Okay, theoretical be- space because that's the question. Mm-hmm. Who is the next driver to step into our seat? Yeah, given that one is available. Right. I know we have Fittipaldi as a reserve driver. We have Pietro Fittipaldi as one of our reserves. Fresh. He's done Le Mans, been racing. Definitely, I think that even Giovinazzi. I forget about Giovinazzi, who won a. 24 hour of Le Mans this year. Yeah. Um, and also is still a Ferrari reserve driver. Mm-hmm. Last year got us a, a shot to drive the Haas in, in Austin. Okay. And yeah. crashed during his opportunity Ooh. in FP1, um, which was a bummer because it wasn't his fault. It was pretty gnarly crosswind and it just kind of snapped mm. on him. So I don't think the Giovinazzi ruined his chances at the seat gotcha. or something like that. But uh, just to throw his name out there, I do think that he'd be a potential fit mm-hmm. as somebody who has those kind of roots. I do look at Perez and I go, there's something interesting to the teams, given that Perez has now had an experience with the top team. Yeah, There's a lot of secrets to gain for mm-hmm. Haas, but also Ferrari. There's a lot of uh, like, okay, what aren't we doing that they're doing? Mm-hmm. And how do we get that to work for us and get these advantages? There's only so much that you can learn from a driver mm-hmm. where they aren't engineers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But as far as a lot of little characteristics, I think they can help with. Mm-hmm. But I feel like pulling somebody like Sergio Perez out, somebody who's not in the Ferrari family, mm-hmm. and saying, you're going to drive for Haas, and you've never driven a Ferrari car, we're expecting you to deliver, yeah. is something that I could see being maybe not super likely. Okay, interesting. But what do you think, Max? Who do you think would be potentially open for us? I don't know. Like I said, I know Fittipaldi. I'm trying to think of other drivers. It's like Mick Schumacher's now at Mercedes. Right. Um, I don't know a lot of um, drivers that are waiting to get into Formula 1. And I don't know a lot of F2 drivers. Right. So I don't know who we can pull from. And I had totally forgotten about Antonio Giovinazzi. Right. He would be a good choice. Well, and I think, you know, lastly, maybe somebody to throw in the mix is somebody who, who could potentially. Mm-hmm. It seems like a long shot, but DeVries was somebody that a lot of people feel didn't really get his shot. Yeah, DeVries could be in the mix now, too. And he was a reserve driver, we should keep in mind, for Williams, for Aston Martin, for Mercedes, all three of those brands. If you combine them all, you get Haas. Yeah. The best of the best. You basically have three Mercedes cars. That's basically one Haas. <laughs> yeah. He did have the seat, the role of being reserve driver for all of those teams. Mm-hmm. And so to be thrown into a Red Bull and then expected to perform in 10 races with a car that he'd never had any experience with and then denied again is all questionable whether or not he really got to see that anyone ever got to see his mm-hmm. real performance. Right. So I could see Haas and Ferrari being willing to take that chance. Cool. However, lastly, yes. Gunter is very interested in experience. And that is gotcha. why Mick was moved to Mercedes, right? So if he's interested in experience, what other options are there? If, if K-Mag dies or has to leave. <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully he doesn't die. I'm just saying like, that's the only reason why I would ever want a new driver. I don't want right. K-Mag to be kicked off. No, no. I don't he, want him to die either. It's like the Pope. Once you yeah. assume that position, you're there mm-hmm. until be some, legal complexities or yeah. 80, you die. 80-year-old drivers. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to see Yan Magnuson come back. <laughs> Kevin's dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, is there drivers on the grid that only that don't have like a contract in place? That's a good question. Who would be shuffled around? 
Well, Landon Haas is an attractive seat compared to yeah. what it used to be and compared to other teams on the grid. Landon Norris. Landon Norris would love to jump to Haas. We'd love to have him on Haas. Yeah, we could, can't wait. Drivers we'd love to have. Landon Norris, George, George Russell, Russell, Lance Stroll. Lance Stroll. The, tri- the, tri- the trifecta of perfection. <laughs> Triple crown, if you will. The trifecta of uh, just communication, <laughs> charm, and adulthood. <laughs> adultery. <laughs> so much adultery. Uh, no, there's definitely... I mean... I feel like uh, Valtteri Bottas is kind of. I think he. Oh. I think he does have an agreement. Okay. Um, at the moment, but he could be potentially that an could option. be a fun option. I love Valtteri. Yeah, great and, driver, and he's within. He's been in a Ferrari for a little bit. The Ferrari family. Yeah. Um, since he joined Alpha, and uh, since Alfa Romeo's, you know, becoming Audi in a slow transitional phase, mm-hmm. might be appetizing to have some stability with a team that does want to, uh, you know, again, yeah, have that experience. Somebody who's had a ton of wins and podiums to his name. Yeah. And maybe Haas wants a little bit of that Mercedes process in their yeah. brain. How do we get to what Toto is doing? Mm-hmm. And uh, how do we learn that from him? Cool. So I think there's a potential for Sweet. for something there. Sweet. Uh, but anyways, I th- you know, again, outside of that, I don't see like an Albon moving. I think Albon right. is pretty committed to Williams. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Anyways, I think that's pretty much it. So, uh, but are we worried in seriousness about K-Max performance? I think the qualifying efforts have been indicative of Hulkenberg as a machine. Yeah. When it comes to qualifying. Mm-hmm. But I think that what we're seeing from Kevin is the car is terrible always hmm. <laughs> right now. And that Nico is capable of extracting the best from it mm-hmm. over one lap. Right. And I think that, 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 again, it's like, it's not to separate the drivers too much in okay. my opinion, because in the race, uh-huh. they seem to finish pretty much right next to each other. Okay. Yeah. And so race. That's re- good. That's that way. It makes sense. Why Gunter would not be anxious to get rid of a driver. Right. He's and, more anxious to fix the car. And I think that that's what we have to hope for as well. Yeah. And that by having consistency in drivers, mm-hmm gives us a better shot at delivering a consistent result. Cool. Um week in and week out. But yeah, I mean, I, it's been a minute since I felt like there has been a huge discrepancy between Nico and Kevin in finishing results when there hasn't been a DNF. Okay. So, gotcha. But yeah, I mean, I again, I think Kevin, I know the team has faith in him. Mhm. And again, the Viking comeback when you think about his P5. Yeah. yeah. That he got pole. And he got pole position last year. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like Nico's put it on the front row. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's been close. I mean, yeah, they're, they're both great drivers. Yeah. I so think um, hopefully after the summer break, hopefully we just see continual improvement on the car and really get to extract the skill from both of our drivers. Look, and I'll put it this way. This would be a very simple way to put it. Mm-hmm. When you're a Red Bull mm-hmm. and you're the fastest car in the world, yeah, you have the most desirable seat and you can have anybody you want. Mm-hmm. And when you're a Haas and you're developing a team, mm-hmm. consistency is king. Gotcha. And I don't think that uh, they're shopping quite as hard as somebody like Red Bull. Gotcha. That makes sense. I like it. Cool. Well, that was a great answer and a great question. Yeah. So, awesome Blake, question. Thanks Thank for, you for writing, writing in. in. If you guys out there have any questions would like us to talk about and to answer, please send them on in. In the meantime, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Spotify, Amazon, anywhere you listen to podcasts rate us and share us and we hope to have you as our guests soon listen and we <laughs> and we hope you you join us for future episodes yes listen along as we follow follow formula one 
but not too closely. Don't get because then you're a dirty air. <laughs> stupid. So That's stupid. Great. That's where we went the episode. Yeah. Totally. Yay. <laughs> See you guys. Have a good one. He's like, so you go into Louis Vuitton and then you turn right at Gucci <laughs> and then you make a sharp left hander. Oh, that's the Emilio Romagna. <laughs> Dolce Gabbana. Yeah.